thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Hello there, lovely listeners. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And we love having you back again this week. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us and welcome. And uh, if this is some, I guess, somewhere down the line, you've been with us 80-odd episodes and you've rolled through all of them, well, thank you so much. We appreciate all your support and uh, we love the emails you send through. We often find that, uh, well, we apologize if we don't get to them back straight away because we both work in practice, but we do value everything that you give uh, us in regards to feedback and the questions. And so we hope we can support you, not just through this podcast, but outside the podcast as well. So today is another talk about, uh, I guess, a concern that a lot of people have. And it's generally, I think it's probably one of the number one blocks to people not succeeding or not going or not trying or not starting. And it's usually mm. this sort of, I guess, default mechanism. Well, I'd love to, but, mm-hmm. and the but today is that my partner's not on board. So today we're talking about uh, how you can get your partner on board with some changes you'd like to make in your life, whether it be a weight loss goal, a fitness goal, a health change, uh, you know, get your posture back, go to see your chiropractor, get into a naturopathic consult, like whatever it is, how do you get your partner to support you with the vision you have for the new you or the transition or the improvement or, or the change you're trying to make? And it can be yeah. a really big challenge, can't it? I mean, anyone who's ever gone to uni and lived with housemates would know, oh my God, how do you, how do you stay on track when your housemates are bringing home junk food and binging on uh, more alcohol than you dare consume in a month than they do in a week? And like, how do you stay on track when the environment around you is tempting you to move away from your goal? Man, these are such good questions. And it's definitely one thing to try and improve your health. Um, but it's another thing to try and improve your health when you have someone in your house or, or maybe your significant other who isn't supportive of this process. And no matter what, any time we try and change the status quo, and this is certainly true for any part of society as well, there's often resistance. The first thing that we're met with is resistance. It's that challenge. It's the it's an automatic no. It's a this is never going to work. We can't do this because change is hard. And it also challenges other people and sometimes put the limelight on them and makes them feel maybe uh, a whole bunch of different things, but possibly insecure about the fact that if you're changing, what does that mean for them? And that's the big thing, isn't it? It's the mirror. When we do something, when we change ourselves in some way, we're actually holding up a mirror to those people around us. And a lot of people are really uncomfortable with that. They feel mm-hmm. uneasy because it also is uh, brings up other concerns or fears. Like what if you're changing and you become more desirable, you know, or, or you lose weight and they don't. So people give you credit and them not. Like it, there's a lot of other I guess, psychology behind this. And we're not psychologists, but we certainly are observation-based um, practitioners where we see these things happen and we go, well, that's interesting. And that question is, well, I wonder why that happens. So um, we want you yeah. to succeed in everything you do. So you've always got our support, but it's just hard when you don't have the people around you that are supporting you wholeheartedly. Or they maybe really do want you to succeed, but 
beat down. Maybe let's just say you've tried uh, a goal before. You didn't quite get there. So maybe they're just trying to protect you from the frustration or the pain that you had before. And they saw it before and went, oh, look, I don't want her to try and lose weight. She tried it five times and, and failed every time. And I hate seeing her when she fails. She just binges and goes the other way. This mm. is one of the husbands. And because I, I was asking why he didn't encourage his wife to get involved in the health program we're running. And he was just like, oh, she's tried it all before and she fails every time. So I don't want to see her go through it again. And I was like, whoa, light bulb moment. Like I didn't realize that um, whilst he really wanted her to succeed, he just didn't actually want her to fail as well. Oh, so it's almost like a self-protective mechanism that he has for yeah, her. Yeah, because he, he loves her as she sweet, is, but, but he didn't want to see her hurt herself again. And as he as he said it, that was his interpretation of the experiences. Yeah. yeah so again, it's his it's his stuff. But she was really keen. Um, so we managed to get her on board, which was great. But it was just interesting to see the hurdle we had to overcome first. And I, interestingly enough, had a patient uh, talk to me a couple of weeks ago about. She's trying to lose weight. Nothing's happening. Nothing's shifting. And the a lot of the underlying undertone to this shift is that her and her husband have been together forever, 30-something years, and they've got a beautiful relationship. He's terrified if she loses weight, she'll leave him. Now, there's no, there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever that that is what is going to happen. There is no, no reason for him to question her fidelity to him at all. But there is almost like a sabotaging underpin within that, which is really, really interesting. Doesn't mean that he's not supportive of her wanting to fulfill things within her life, but there's a subconscious process that's happening which absolutely needs to be addressed. And ladies, this this episode may bring up a few questions for you and it, we're absolutely not psychologists whatsoever. We're not claiming to be, um, but there may be things within your relationship that may be deal breakers for you. So this may be something that you actually need to look at and question. So what is within your control to say, correct, improve and change and what is not within your control that may be potential deal breakers for certain things. And this is totally up to you to decide. Um, One reason why it's really important is that there is a very dramatic increase in things like depression and anxiety when you have an unsupportive spouse in the house. So um, there was some research that was done through the University of Michigan that looked directly at a woman's mental state when there was, say, a toxic spouse at home um, and they definitely noted that uh, depression increased significantly. Um, okay, that's all the doom and gloom for today. That's all we're going to talk about. But I know it's going to raise a, a few it's questions It's a real deal, isn't well. it? Yeah. Yeah. The key is not to try and change someone else. I think whenever you're talking about, you know, unsupported partners and spouses, um, someone who's genuinely in a loving and respectful relationship, you'll find that you don't necessarily, they're not going to resist you. They're just maybe not be as supportive as you think they should be. And there's the big catch there, isn't it? Expectations of others is one of the most uh, frustrating experiences people have is when we expect someone to do something or act a certain way or be a certain person and they're not. So, First things, work on the things you have control over because you're not Mm -hmm. trying to change someone else. And I want to give you a little example of that because when I first met my husband, he is now, but he was just, you know, a guy back then, um, my gorgeous husband, Peter, had a diet that (laughs) I just couldn't actually comprehend. Now, in the most part, it was pretty good. Yes, he'd eat vegetables and yes, he'd eat stuff. But let's, for an example, say he went to work every day with 14 slices of bread 
Yeah, that's because oh that was like a Dutch thing. I don't know if it's across the board all Dutch people, but I know they're big consumers of bread. Half of the sandwiches had cheese and the other half had Nutella. And that was how he met his <laughs> dietary needs for the day. And I was just like blown away. And breakfast was muesli and milk. And then it was, yeah, 40 <laughs> slices of bread. <laughs> like and, totally describing Dean's diet. Yeah, and I was just totally gobsmacked. And dinners were always quite good. They were just meat and three veg kind of combos. So I was like, oh, well, one meal a day does well. That's great. But that was my judgment on his diet. I didn't think it worked for me. There was no way I could copy what he was doing. So when we were together... I would go about and make my chicken and salad or, you know, leftover veggies and stuff like that. And I'd make him his 14 slices of bread because many times I had asked, do you want me to give you a lunchbox? No, 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 I'm fine. I've got what I want. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. And so I just, I thought, man, I can't stand him eating this much bread. He's not healthy. Like he's not listening to his body. He's showing signs of constipation. Like all this, sorry, Peter, if you ever listen to this, I'm not bagging on you. I just think you're a darling, but I just want to say as well, highlight to you how far you've come because you didn't necessarily force the change on yourself. You just decided one day that you no longer to feel uneasy. You no longer want to feel the mm. constipation. You no longer want to feel fatigued after lunch because you go on this massive like glucose crash because you've had so much bread. Um, yeah. And yeah. so eventually, instead of me saying, Pete, eat more veggies, Peter, eat more, you know, chicken cut out the so I didn't nag and tell him to cut out stuff I just kept making healthy lunch boxes for me one day he just was like yeah yeah can you just make me one of those and it was like the beginning of the end of his bread consumption it was amazing because it was amazing that he himself noticed he felt better after having a big chicken salad than he did after having four sandwiches for lunch yeah uh 14 slices of bread that is mind-boggling yeah um, yeah it's and like, if you see it's almost laughable he is he was a stick very thin. fit very lean guy yeah um i'm sure he's always been that way and you know what it, there is a difference between the male and female metabolism as yeah. well um i know for myself i absolutely cannot eat the same way that dean does yes um, correct it just it would be my absolute undoing um and that's that's you know a bit of an issue for us as well because i just have to make peace with the fact that sometimes i will have completely different dinner to him um which is not you know the takes a little bit more preparation it's a little bit more time consuming uh but it is just the way it is and teens, you know, pretty similar. Like he is great at some things but he also likes his creature comforts too and he has got an incredible um, metabolism that has only, and I'm going to say this really quietly because I don't want him to hear this, but um, has only just sort of recently changed and he's started to notice that <laughs> there are certain things in his body changing, maybe as he's like edging towards 40, maybe that, <laughs> but he is very acutely aware of that. So um, we'll, we'll talk about some of the things that I'm doing um, to try and sort of guide him. But same thing, you know, he'll eat muesli with milk for brekkie. Um, he'll have, you know, a roll or something for lunch. Um, he'll quite happily eat a bag of chips when he gets home. You know, he'll have chocolate bars coming home from the petrol station, you know, those sorts of things. Um, and he's always functioned really well. He's always been really healthy. You never get sick. He's always got the, you know, energy levels to do whatever he wants. He's always sleeps really well. So he hasn't ever needed a reason to change, mm. um, which is understandable as well, because a lot of guys have that, um, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of mentality. And I know that that's certainly true for him. So he doesn't ever see a problem with it maybe until recently. <laughs> 
Oh, and um, look, it's not just guys. It's a lot of people in general. I, I know plenty of my girlfriends in um, in relationships where their girlfriends don't support what they're doing. And yeah. it's just for simple fact that it means that their fridge has to change, their cupboard has to change, um, maybe their cosmetics cabinet has to change because they want to go organic or toxin-free. Um, they, they want to throw things out, but the other partner says, no, 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 I want to keep that. Even, for example, minimalism. Like one of my friends wanted to switch their living style into a more minimalist situation. They just want to declutter, get rid of stuff. And the other part was like, hell no, I've worked hard for all this stuff. Why would we get rid of it? I paid for it. And it was such interesting. an interesting, yeah, her needs were that I don't want more stuff in my life. I'm, I'm overwhelmed with stuff. And she felt that the way to um, reduce her anxieties and concerns was to reduce the stuff in her life, which was I absolutely encouraged. I thought that was a fantastic idea. But partner was like, hell no, you're not throwing out my stuff because it was always everything was joint. And yeah. everything can be purchased yep. together and joint accounts. So if you bought it out of our money, then it's our stuff and you can't throw out my stuff. <laughs> it was just really interesting that I didn't think it would be such a roadblock for her. And um, that was a great conversation to go, wow, so even just decluttering the house can cause friction in a relationship if one partner doesn't understand why decluttering is beneficial so yeah. let's talk about some strategies. I think the key here okay. is to say let's talk about how we can get our partner on board to support us or just at least not be resistant to the changes we'd like to make, whether it be the health goals, like I said, decluttering a house, whether it be changing your fridge, you know, in mm-hmm. cosmic switches, whatever it be. It, there's any number of things you might want to change in your lifestyle to improve it and to live a healthier life. Um, how do we one, get our one, partners <laughs> buy? How do we get our partners buy-in? <laughs> well, you know what? One place to start may be looking at what not to do. That might be an easier question to answer first. Yes. As, as women, particularly when, and I'm absolutely overgeneralizing here, so I'm not meaning to pigeonhole anybody, but we tend to get on the bandwagon with something. We get really excited. We get really enthusiastic. We've got so much motivation or there'll be a pain point. So either we'll, you know, clinch on to some amazing new thing that's coming and we're being like, right, we're going to declutter the whole house, for example, or yeah. I'm throwing out all of our um, – we're going completely 100% organic and there's this huge overhaul and the guys are kind of left reeling a little bit or it could be the opposite. There's a pain point like, you know, maybe you have looked at yourself in the mirror um, and you can't fit into your jeans anymore and then you've gone, oh, my God, I'm so fat. Um, you know, you're ranting and raving to your partner going, I'm so fat. I'm going on a diet. This is what we're doing. We're cutting everything out and then you're automatically putting them on into this fight or flight mode. So... You're already backing them into a corner. There's no negotiation there. There's no ease into it. There's no strategies. There's no understanding of why it's important to you. It's just, it's based on, you know, either a fad. This is what I'm I'm thinking. This is what the guys are thinking. It's, it's a fad like, oh, you know, they're decluttering, but, you know, it'll change. So why would I get on board with that? Or it's just out of desperation and it's a really dramatic, crazy process where we're just nagging going, oh, this is, this is what we have to do. So I need to go to the gym five times a week. So you need to take the kids to school every day. And all of a sudden, you're not, you don't have anyone on board. You're just making their life harder. We become so, zealots, don't we? We suddenly become this like <laughs> preaching, telling this is how it's going to be because we know how to do it. We're very all or nothing. I think as females, we're like, once we've, once we've decided, because our process of decision has been going on in our head for some time mm-hmm. before we verbalize, that's generally the case, isn't it? We, we've gone yep. through this or we've seen something, we've read everything we need to read about it, we've listened to stuff, we've watched a few YouTube videos, we've seen some stuff and we've gone, 
oh my gosh, that's it. That's what I need to do. But you've already internalized and internally gone through all of the, the whys, the why nots, the how tos, the, the coulds, the hows, all of these things you've rationalized and reasoned and come up with a plan of action. And no one else has been privy to your thought process. <laughs> and we forget no, exactly. that. We, we just blurted out thinking that someone else has heard this before, but they just haven't. And I'm so guilty of that. Um, because of how, like, Andy, we're just like cerebral, aren't we? We're pretty academic. We, we read stuff. We learn stuff all the time. We're listening to podcasts on the way to work. We're listening to anything we can get our hands on. And without realizing we're taking all this stuff in and it's formulating our values and our, our desires and our goals. And we haven't really had to soundboard with anyone. So no one knows we just got to this point. And you also haven't had a a chance to enroll anybody else in that vision with you because you've been doing all of this research. You've been internalizing everything. And then there's a decision made, but there's no background to that. There's no consultation process. (laughs) Yeah. No wonder that we're catching them off guard when when this happens. Um, And, you know, I know that I'm I'm totally – you know, guilty of this as well. Like for example, I'm um, just recently Tiaki tore his cruciate ligament in his knee and um, like completely severed it, um, tore through the meniscus as well. And I was devastated, but going into, um, you know, like this super protective over obsessive mother to him that I am, I had researched, you know, all of his surgical options to like complete nauseam. I had spoken to every orthopedic surgeon um, in Perth. I had, you know, grilled them on how many they've done, what their um, success rate was, you know, what the complications were. And I, I chose the best surgeon, which happened to be in Ellenbrook, which is, you know, over an hour away from us. And then, you know, I blurt all the stuff out to Dean saying, okay, he's having this type of surgery. We're booking him with this person. This is what the pre-op and the post-op is going to be like. And Dean's kind of going, whoa, hold on, like slow down. Yeah, we haven't chatted about this. We haven't discussed this. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm going to need to for him to be enrolled in this because he's such a big part of this whole process. But then when I'm not giving him a chance to catch up, then no wonder this information is met with resistance. Um, It it makes sense, right? One thing that I um, have found really beneficial for my communication and interactions with Dean, um, particularly when, um, for example, I've had a really crazy busy week at practice um, and I've got a full weekend of, say, work or study that I need to do, which means pretty much zero quality time with him, which is a challenge because his love language is quality time. Mm. So I have found that when I sit down with him and I almost, look, I don't want to say the words ask permission because it sounds so um, subversive, but when I ask permission of him to say that, look, I've got all this stuff that I need to do that I have to get done this weekend, um, this is the time allocation that I'm going to put towards it. Is that okay? And then that also means that these nights can be just you and I and can we plan some fun things to do then so it's kind of like I'm negotiating with him I'm saying are you okay for me to dedicate all this time there but then in exchange I'm going to make sure that you know this time is just ours and my god in that time that is just ours like I really I have to show up there there's no phones there's no you know that is our quality time that I'm focused exclusively you know on him and I um but it like that I am enrolling him in what I need to do so I don't feel guilty along the way and I also know that he's not going to be like grumbling around me going oh you know we never do anything any weekend those sorts of things as well 
That's that's brilliant, Andrea. And that's something that's I think you've what you've qualified there is that you've been really clear about what support you need. And so that's one of the yeah. first things I say to people before you start rolling off stuff to other people about all these changes you're going to make, sit down, clarify what it is you want to do and how you want to do it mm-hmm. and come up with action points which your partner could be enrolled in. So give them clear tasks or clear reasons or clear outcomes that you need support with because people need to have actions like you can't just blurt it off and they think yeah. well how am I what am I supposed to do what are you looking for like I don't understand how, how what can I do like do I have to do anything do you need me to do something so rather than yeah. letting someone be sitting in this murky zone of like I know you're asking for support but I don't actually know what you're asking for be really clear like Andrew yes, said absolutely. I need the time and then what you've done is provided an exchange or a reward, so to speak, for being on board with that. And you've given him yeah. a really good reason because you're going to come and, out a better person yeah. because of it. And when you're a better person because of it, the quality time you give to Dean is going to be better, more focused, more, I guess, more engaged than if you were just drifting around doing all these things and not enrolling him in that picture. So I think that's brilliant. I mean, that's pretty advanced stuff, though, to communicate with your partner like that. And that's what makes oh, loving. Thanks. Yeah, but that's what makes loving relationships, isn't it? It's negotiation. It's understanding your partner's love language so ladies if you don't know what we're talking about please have a search back through our episodes five love languages it's really really important stuff um it's something i use daily andrew uses it daily it's a Mm -hmm. powerful tool it enhances relationships not just your partner or loving relationships but relationships throughout your life whether it be the boss the child anybody it's amazing how powerful it can be because when it comes to health changes or lifestyle changes or transitions or improvements or upgrades Talking someone else's language and their love language is a powerful, I wouldn't say manipulator because <laughs> that sounds really bad, <laughs> but it, but it, but it speaks to them the way. It's honoring where they're at, right? Yeah, it it's speaks to them the way. <laughs> love and respect for them to understand what motivates and drives them and speaking to them within that system. Um, I know that from a lot of feedback from male friends that I've had is whenever that you're trying to enroll them in this vision, oftentimes they're thinking, what's in it for me? Now, I'm speaking of like, you know, heterosexual relationships. This could be true for any any type of relationship. There could be, you know, the, the other partner who's sitting there thinking, okay, so if you're making these changes, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. So therefore, you you may need to figure out what what is the payoff for your partner. So say you want to... Um, you know, improve your physique. So you want to change your diet a little bit and maybe you want to be going to the gym, you know, two mornings a week. So therefore you need to get them to help you. It might be dropping kids off at school. It might be, um, you know, shopping differently, or you might be getting out of bed earlier. So whatever it might be, but enroll them in the vision. So for example, if you can help me with this, then let's figure out that fishing trip for you. Or let's figure out that time with the girls that you really want um, and let's lock it in. And and you've got to honour that process as well. Um, or it can be things like, you know, reminding us that libido, for example, is 70% hormonal. So when we're changing our health, a lot of the time there's a really good positive hormonal impact to that. So... It can be things like, well, in this process, I'm expecting to upgrade my sex drive and my libido. That could be the payoff. That could be the <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That could yeah. be that what's in it for me. Um, so, you know, maybe something to think about. And don't uh, be afraid to negotiate on this as well. But you've got to be clear about what you want. 
And don't change the benchmarks. That's another key there is if you do have agreements, don't suddenly go, okay, so let's just say you agreed that your partner and you always had the the Friday cheat night, so to speak. And I hate the word cheat night, but what I mean by that is you sit down on the sofa, you watch a video, a movie, whatever. Uh, videos, do anybody have videos anymore? <laughs> like, where was that coming from? Like um, Netflix and chill these days. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, video? What? I didn't even hear myself say that. Um, and, you know, you eat chips and you drink red wine and you binge out. Now, if your new goal does not support that evening that you've always had together, um, but that's a negotiation point and you agree to it and that's going to be something you keep, don't suddenly get to Friday night and disagree because what you're doing there is breaking the negotiations and you're not doing what you said you would do. So if you agree on things, please follow through because one way to get your partner out of, I guess, sequence and totally not on your side is when you disagree, like you you create an agreement and you break that agreement because how, how bad does that feel? No one likes to feel like you don't like to say to someone, yeah, I'll meet you for coffee. You've made all the effort. You've got out the door. You, you're halfway there and they go, oh, I can't make it. And it's like, what? I was really looking forward to it. I made all this effort. Like that's how your partner feels too. So just remember if you make agreements, you guarantee that he can have a golf day. Don't suddenly put it out and say, well, actually, no, I've decided my girlfriend invited me to something and you're going to have to do yours next weekend. That's not okay. Stick to your agreements and, uh, and you'll get better outcomes for sure. What's another strategy we can take? I mean, shared goals is fantastic. If your partner suddenly says, oh, you know what? That's not a bad idea. It probably could be good for both of us awesome to have a heart to heart and see how it can improve both of your lives through that. And um, and sharing some goals can be a great way of doing that. It's something that I know that Peter and I have shared goals are sporting goals. Whilst our goals are not exactly the same, the training processes to get to those goals are very similar. So it just means we can be doing the same things at the same times. Now that we've got a baby though, it's amazing how that's had to shift. So the negotiation is, alternating training sessions which we always used to do together so we still value health we value our time together we value our goals in the sporting arena but now we've just got to shift it a little bit and alternate our training processes negotiating and juggling all of our backwards and forwards between us and it's both it's still meeting our needs as a couple Um, we do miss the fact that we can't just get out there together but that means now when he's a bit older we'll get someone to look after him so we can both get out there at the same time and and that's our couple time together so we love exercising together um so you know sharing goals can be really powerful and it's also great when you're feeling a bit like low down in motivation or inspiration that person that's uh, sharing the goal with you can be like no damn it get your shoes on or stop being a weird wuss it's cold but just put another layer on like it's just a great thing to keep you on and playing to their strengths as well can Mm. be really beneficial so the things that you've just talked about there ash is um you know someone who will help to get you out of the house so if you say okay this is what we're committing to um their strength might be getting you out of bed to get your butt out the door to help you to exercise if that's something that you um really enjoy doing together whereas for example for me my strength is definitely controlling the, the nutrition side of things so mm-hmm. you know if, if dean was to get us up um that would be great that would be amazing um you know he plans the weekend hikes or whatever it might be but then i control you know food um so playing to the strengths i think um can be really really beneficial but also if you do not have someone on board who just will not um doesn't want to participate then even just leading by example Mm -hmm. can be really beneficial and share 
what your goal is for this and roll them in that vision. And then each milestone, share that with them as well so that they can see that the change and a lot of women will um, want to make decisions logically, but then they'll justify it all with emotion. Um, Sorry, that's complete opposite way around. They'll make decisions with emotion and justify it with logic. That's what I mean. Decisions with emotion, justify with logic. So um, if you're enrolling your partner in this vision and you're showing them maybe you're losing weight or whatever it is, tell them how good it makes you feel. Thank them for their support. Um, And, you know, that leading by example will hopefully get them on board even more. Yeah, definitely. Help them understand the why behind it. I think that's that's always the thing is, why are you doing this? Give them the why, give them your purpose and your vision, what it means to you. Even if they've, they're not joining you, just let them understand the why behind your new behaviours. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could even be something as simple as going to bed earlier. Um, they might resent the fact that, well, hey, we always used to sit on the TV and watch t- you know TV together and you're not doing that with me anymore. But if you can explain the why behind, well, the TV's not helping me achieve my sleep needs, which means the flow and effect is X, Y, Z, it may just get them to go, well, okay, you can go to bed and I'm just going to finish watching this episode or this TV show. That's okay. Um, As long as you're not demanding, they do the same thing. And in time they might realize, well, hey, you're bouncing out of bed in the mornings and they're sort of rolling out and they think, well, there might be something to this thing that uh, you're doing. So make sure you let them know the why behind what you're doing. If you can plan out your changes together, I always think that, you know, by educating someone gently, it's definitely a better approach than thrusting information down their throat. So uh, where you can try not to to bombard and overwhelm and overload, just try and maybe even just leave, uh, you know, if it's a healthy eating plan, just leave your plan up on the fridge or put out the new recipe book on the counter, like just sort of just sort yeah. of almost like add little bits around your lifestyle that um, are giving opportunity for someone to pick the information up, but don't sort of slam it in their face. <laughs> and, you know, if all else fails and no one in the household is supporting you, then enroll someone else. So do you have a close girlfriend who can get on board with you, who you can meet at six o'clock in the morning and, you know, go to the gym with or will text you each night and say, how'd you go with your food today or whatever it might be. Um, we are quite happy to be that accountability partner for you if you would like. If you want to post some things online about what you're trying to achieve and that you need more support for, we would be more than happy to check in with you to see how you're traveling with those things. Um, But sometimes that accountability can be really, really beneficial as well. So if no one in the house will do it, then just enroll someone outside of that. Yeah, I agree completely. Be the change you want to see. You know that awesome saying, if you want things to change, you have to be the change first. It's amazing how many people are inspired by people that are true to themselves who get out there and and change and just do and don't ask and don't demand anything of anyone around them. They just do it and they influence by just sheer, I guess, inspiration, motivation, positivity, the people in their lives around them. How often that happens? Like someone sees a change and goes, oh, my God, wow, what have you been doing? You look amazing. Like I've never seen you look so great. that's motivating. That's absolutely motivating. Isn't it? Completely. And then the feedback you get from that is really inspiring. So it keeps you on track. So, look, if no one is you don't feel like there's anyone out there to support you just remember in your house they may not be but around the globe there are women all over the world who are willing to stand behind you beside you with you um, to support you in your goals so never ever give up on something if it really matters to you if it really means something to you uh, don't let someone in your life i guess dull your sunshine like you know be the sunshine 
Oh, awesome. Okay. So ladies, we would love to know how you have enrolled your partner, your family, um, whoever it might be into any kind of change within your life. So have you been trying to um, achieve a specific health goal and you've got them on board and that's really helped to help you accomplish that? Please communicate with us on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash the wellness women. We're on Instagram underscore the wellness women. Um, our website is thewellnesswomen.com.au. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, and ladies, remember that you can also consult with us if you need. So feel free to communicate with us. Um, we would love for you to share your maybe personal stories with the tribe as well about what has worked for you in this scenario because we know that information is going to be beneficial to somebody else too um and so we'll we'll put some things up on uh, social media about that that you can then interact with ladies until next week be well this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.